some may find the following disturbing. Discretion is advised. Tonight on the Bear Debate, four hot topics. The Bears upset the 49ers in the national media's narrative. Who was the most guilty party? 13 Bears rookies were active Sunday. Who impressed and who do we want to see more of? Aaron Rodgers claimed his ownership of the Bears. Is there a new landlord in town? And what happens if the Bears beat the Packers? Does this rebuilding team finally get a good rep? Our debaters, Daniel Goodwin III from the Three Kings of the Midway podcast and Larry Laro Golden from the Barroom Network. Let's get ready to rumble. This is the Bear Debate. Welcome, everyone, to a new episode of The Bear Debate. My name is Aldo Gandia, and we've got a really, really fun show planned for you today with two great debaters, two great fans of the game of football, two great fans of the Chicago Bears, and I can't wait to get uh, started. But first, I want to let you know that on Friday afternoon, or about 5 p.m., I think, uh, it's weekend sports betting tips with John Santucci and Anthony. So if you're going to be laying some college football bets or some pro football bets, should uh, subscribe to the Barroom Network channel, and you'll get an alert when they are on the air. And then also on Sunday morning at 8 a.m. Central, yeah, I got to wake up at 8 a.m. because it's Mike North doing a show that he wants to call now the Bears Early Special. So those of you who are early enough uh, or old enough can get the pun like the early bird special when you would go to a diner for breakfast. Well, Mike will uh, have some picks for Sunday's NFL action. And uh, that's followed by the Barfly Tailgate Show at 9 a.m. Central. And then it's Tyler Ellis, my man Tyler Ellis, Gaines Report with John Buffon and Danny Shimon immediately after the game for Bear football. So we got you covered with Bear stuff. You can watch it live here on the Barroom Network, or it's always available on demand here on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. Let me bring our guys in here one at a time. Let me see if I can uh, bring in Dan first. Dan, how are you, my man? I'm doing good, man. I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Oh, absolutely. Dan, before we get started here, I'd love for you to share with our audience uh, a little bit about yourself and uh, the podcast that you work on. Yeah, my name is, well, Dan Goodwin. I'm, I'm, you know, born and raised in Chicago, Illinois. I live in Atlanta, Georgia right now. That's pretty cool. Um, So I get to I get to be around some Falcons fans. I'll get to go to that game, too, Chicago versus Atlanta. So looking forward to that, of course. Um, But the podcast is is basically it's, it's three of us, myself. We have another gentleman by the name of Ill Will and Devorey Nesby as well. We're the three hosts um, of it. That's the name, Three Kings of the Midway Podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, and we basically talk about Bears football. We talk all things Bears year round. So, you know, even in the offseason, we're discussing the draft and the combine and free agency, everything. Um, and we try to just give a, a fresh perspective. Like, um, you know, we, we try not to be homers, you might say. We try to keep it objective. So we give people their flowers when they're due, but we also call people out onto the carpet when they when they need that to happen as well. So we try to keep it balanced in that regard. Yep, I've listened to a few episodes, and you guys really uh, deliver the goods. It's an outstanding show, and I can't wait wait to have the third member on your show too. He's gonna he's gonna bring it just like you and Ilwell did before. I think he was I think Ilwell was on our debut show, so and he did a fantastic job. So you got to live up to that expectation, brother. <laughs> I know it, right? All right. I, I, if I call myself a three king, I gotta I gotta represent. There you go. Let's bring in another guy who loves the game of football and knows it about as well as he knows basketball. And he really knows basketball because he is a basketball coach, but he's also a lover of the game of pro football and college football. Laro, how are you, my man? Man, I'm good, man. I'm good. It, it feels good to uh, kind of be back, you know, talking some football and seeing you, man. I feel like we uh, I haven't seen you in a while. So it's been it's been kind of dope uh, to just be in that backstage and chop it up a little bit Ben. but uh appreciate you having me on man well i want to have you on a lot of our shows because uh you and i have talked in the past about perhaps you having a role with our bears coverage and we're doing a lot and so i'm going to be calling you a lot and hopefully our schedules will jive and we'll have you on a few of our shows let's do it babe let's do all it. right 
I like that. All right, my man, uh, let us get started with the first topic of our show. Uh, I'll roll the video and uh, then you guys can uh, jump in. Here we go. For many reasons, Sunday's win over the highly touted San Francisco 49ers was one of the most satisfying in recent memory. One of the reasons why is that fans have been outraged by unfair comments made by the national media. If you feel the same way about the media, take your 60 seconds to let all of them have it or pick a specific member and let him or her have it. Now, if you have no problem with the media, go ahead and tell us why. Daniel, start us off. I'm going to start with, um, I'm going to start off with, I, st I thought about it and I thought long and hard about this one because you know, I wanted to go at Lewis Riddick, but we've given him enough, right? I think we've given him enough, and, and he's kind of backed down a little bit. So I'm going to go at Bart Scott. He said some things actually uh, recently, this week, um, and it was echoing the thoughts that, that somebody else had made. And we, we won't mention his name because I want to directly reference Bart Scott. He said that the Bears were borderline not really a, a real organization he also uh talked about justin fields he talked about the wide receivers and things and the problem that i have with bart scott on this situation is that he did this after the game after watching the game so you see it and you see what happens in the game and then you still go forward with that nonsense and that foolish talk to me that was a disgrace especially coming from a football player a former player you might say all right uh laro it is now your turn brother yeah so man look i i definitely thought about the same dudes that you you thought about lewis riddick somebody that i kind of respected a couple of years ago you know what i mean but now him talking that trash is kind of taking that away but um the two guys two guys that i that that i wanted to go at and one of them i truly hate because one of my favorite tight ends i've ever loved watching and one of the my favorite tight ends the draft in fantasy and greg olson Mark, uh, Mike Marks, and also Michael Lombardi. I, I, I truly despise those dudes. What my biggest problem is, is I feel like I've been to more training camp practices than both of those guys, right? Mm -hmm. And if you were to just step foot on the grass and take a look at how these guys are practicing, how these guys, how the coaches are coaching, how the players are buying in, and not just any bull crap. I mean, these guys put took Jalen Johnson off off of first team because he didn't buy in, and now he's buying in right and you see these guys playing you look at the film all these guys are rushing to the ball so my biggest thing is to those two guys come to a practice before you start talking shit. i love those points because that is the problem with the national media they are so distanced away from what is really happening here in chicago what's happening in hallis hall getting day-to-day -day information getting a feel for this coaching staff which could end up being one of the best coaching staffs in the nfl and dan i love your point of view about bart scott because frankly i was not aware that he was down on the chicago bears so that's a bit of a shocker to me because generally i appreciate his take on stuff but you know what? If they say bad things about the Bears, then maybe we can't depend on anything that they're saying, right? Right? Isn't that exactly. isn't exactly. that to be concerned with? They're they're not doing their homework, man. That's my biggest thing. They're not doing their homework. They haven't researched the situation. You go out there and you basically regurgitate what you heard somebody else say last week, and it goes on and on and on and on. Colin Cowherd, so many different ones, and. On the Three Kings in the Midway podcast, I'm not trying to plug, but we're going to discuss that in depth tomorrow. Excellent. Um, uh, uh, Jordan has a question here uh, that I'd love for you guys to tackle. He's curious. What would you like them to do instead? They have a duty in their job to report on all teams. What should they say? I'll let you guys tackle that. Well, oh. I, I'll, I'll, I'll go first, Dan. But for me – the biggest problem I have is kind of like the way I feel about uh, uh, Stacey King in, in, in certain points is like, and it's worse for Stacey King because this dude is at a game. He's around the team for his job and he doesn't know what the hell drop coverage is. He doesn't know what type of defensive coverage his own damn team is running. But anyway, you know, push it to, to the national reporters is my problem is if you just, if you don't know enough, how about you stay neutral? How about you say, Hey, Let's see. Let's see how this roster is. Yes, they don't have anybody on the roster that I have never heard of, mm -hmm. right? But let's see what they look like on the field. 
rather than saying, oh, this team is trash and this team, you know, what, what Bart Scott said, oh, this, this is a dysfunctional team that you sure they got a team. It's just like, like Jordan, like keep it a buck, man. Like that good question. But I think you understand what, where we're coming from as Bears fans, right? I, I don't know if you've been to a practice, Jordan, but if you go to, if you were go, to go to a practice, you would see the difference. I've been to a training camp since I was freaking 12, man. There is a total difference, right? From, from, uh, from Nagy, from, uh, um, why am I blanking on uh the dude with the glasses? His his daughter. Uh, why am I blanking on his name? Mark Trustman. Um, Coach the Argonauts. I can't remember his damn name. Trustman. Trustman. Right. These dudes are flying around at practice, station to station, nonstop. Dudes are responding to coaching. And one of the things I think people for fuck, fuck it. I, I'm a curse. One of the fucking things I think people fucking for, forget is great players want to be fucking coached. They want to be pushed. And the ones that don't like that shit, they can get up out of here. And I don't know if that's what, what was going on with Khalil. I don't know. Maybe, maybe because you never know. Maybe they could have let Khalil stay and they move. Who, never, who, who knows? But, like, great players want to be coached hard. Mm. And I think you're seeing Eddie Jackson being put in the right type of scheme again. We're not asking that dude to come up and, and lay hits like we were in the past couple seasons. We're saying, yo, we got you a nice little young buck next to you now, man. Go, let, him, let him play in that box and lay some hits, and you go be a ball hawk. And he's re he reaped the benefits this past week where he was able to just play ball in, the, in that secondary and be a ball hawk. So it's just like before you start talking off off the rip, how about you maybe go ask some questions to Courtney Cronin that's been to practice? How about you go talk to Stacey Dales that's been to some practices and then have, have an educated response? That's mm -hmm. that's how I feel about it, Jordan. Hope that answered it for you. Dan, what do you think about what Jordan asked? Uh, I think I think basically people haven't done their research. That's what it is, right? Um, when you look at this team, you don't see sexy names across the board, right? You don't see big splash free agents, right? And, and you know, I'll, I'll use Colin Cowherd, for example. He said that what Jacksonville was doing is on the right track and what Chicago did is terrible and is on the wrong track. Now, Jacksonville, they, they spent money frivolously in free agency, $123 million or whatever it is that they, you know, sent out to players and deals like for Zay Jones and, you know, Christian Kirk. Christian Kirk hasn't finished this season. He's always injured. Zay Jones, he's got issues. He's got problems. He's never really lived up to the hype that's been behind him. And, and you know, he's got issues where he's jumping out of windows butt naked. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Things like that. Right. So I'm just saying, I mean, it is what it is. And and, and that's the situation. That's what happened. Mm -hmm. And then you got Evan Ingram, who they threw a bunch of money at. Once again, another injured, often player. Right. So how are they doing what's right? And the Bears, by building through the draft, is doing what's wrong. Made no sense. Right. You didn't do your research. And Jordan, what you're saying is that they have a responsibility or a duty in their job to report. Yeah, it's a duty in their job to report on teams, but not push bogus narratives you know mm -hmm. what i mean and these are the same narratives that get spent every single week about the chicago bears so that's where my that's where my problem comes in just do your research like i do i cover the bears i follow them i do my research i'm not going to get on here and just speak crazy about whatever i'm going to give you facts i'm going to study the game i'm going to look at tape i'm going to look at film it's not just oh i don't know who this guy is no, let's go to film and let's see what he did. What did he do in college? How old is he? Is there upside? Is there potential? These are all things that you got to factor in when you're talking about a young team with a bunch of rookies, a bunch of second-year players, and they're all hungry and they want to be here long-term. So they're going to put forth their best effort. So just do your research. Do it as I do. And I'd like to add uh, to both of your points. Both of you guys made excellent points there. Um, I worked in uh, television broadcast. I worked at the CBS O&O here in Chicago. And I know that station management pushes people to have the, the on-air talent. They push them to have definitive opinions. Don't waffle around. Don't say, I think. Don't say that. Don't say, I need to look at. They want you to have definitive opinions. I bet that's the same thing that's going on at F NFL Network, ESPN, Fox Sports, they are pushing these guys to have a definitive opinion so that they can get clicks, so they can get views, so they can get all sorts of things. If I was want, running one of those sports department, I would 
as Laro said, I would compartmentalize the coverage. I would have teams covering the NFL, NFC North, teams covering the NFC East. So that way, everybody can then focus and be experts on the four teams from that division. Mm-hmm. Like Laro said, a, a, a national broadcaster should be talking to Stacy Dales, who is at Bears camp often. They should have calls, even if they're not covering the game. ESPN should have their major stars having a, a personal call or at least being forced to listen to the press conferences. Mm-hmm. I bet you they don't listen to the press conferences. I do. I listen to every single one of them. And mm-hmm. I'm not getting paid – $500,000 like Dan Orlovsky is or, or $5.5 million. I don't know what he's making, but he's making a lot, hell of a lot of money, more money than I am. So there, there has to be a responsible approach to this because it's a disservice to us fans to be fed false narratives. Mm-hmm. And it's a disservice to the players too. I mean, mm-hmm. come on. I mean, Jordan, um, uh, Jordan posted something about uh, Leonard Fournette blocking uh, Micah Parsons, and Parsons was upset that the <laughs> national media was making a big deal of it. Well, that's that's part of the thing, too. You owe it to these players to report accurately and to report fairly and to report with knowledge and research. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. All right. We'll move on to question number two, fellas. 13 of the Bears rookies suited up for Sunday's game, and a number of them made their presence felt. Pick one player you want to single out for their impressive play, and one rookie you wish you could have seen more from or saw just enough to be a little disappointed. This time, Laro, you start things. Your mic is muted. <laughs> Uh, my fault. Yeah, so for the rookie that I actually loved every every he only played 27 snaps, but I loved everything about it was Dominique Robinson. Of course, you see the one and a half sacks. Of course, that's the easy thing. A guy that doesn't know anything about football can see that. But just the run fits. I thought he for for a rookie, he did really well on run fit as well. And for somebody that came in as a you know a super raw talent, that should tell you how good this coaching is how really detailed and how much they put into coaching these players. Um, another rookie that, that I would like to see more of is Braxton Jones. Like I, I, I thought I was I, I, watching it again. I was, I was kind of impressed, but I would like to see more. Um, one of the cool things is he's not gonna have to worry about no Nick Bosa going forward. So, uh, <laughs> but I would like to see a little bit more of Braxton Jones. I, I, I don't think he was horrible, but I would like to see more of him. Excellent. All right, Dan, I'm going to start the clock up and here, Cole, your 60 seconds. Take it away. Yeah, let me piggyback off of um, Braxton Jones. I thought Braxton Jones um, was super solid. He was good. If you really look at the tape of of what he was able to do, he stood in there um, against Nick Bosa. Uh, The whole offensive line as a whole actually blocked and protected pretty well. I think they had an 88% um, pass blocking um, um, rate, um, 88% effectiveness rate, and the league average last year was 60%. So they actually played really, really good on the offensive line, Braxton Jones included. One thing that I will say that he needs to work on, in my opinion, is physicality. Just being physical, pushing somebody around a little bit at the point of the ball. Um, And then uh, on the defensive side, I looked at Kyler Gordon. He was impressive to me. Six tackles. He was able to get around. And and whenever you have a cornerback and he he was sliding back and forth between outside and then playing the nickel coverage. So... He, he was actually able to make some tackles, get some tackles, and that's what you want from your – in this defense, Eberflus's defense, your cornerbacks have to be able to tackle. Mm-hmm. Indeed. You know, I was really interested uh, in uh, your responses when I was d- developing this question because there were a lot of rookies dressed, oh, 13 man. rookies. There was a lot of individual excellent performances, good performances – there were perhaps a couple of rookies that they weren't they didn't do bad, but you want to see them play perhaps a little better, make a, a fewer mistake or two. And there were some other rookies who didn't uh, really get on the field very much. For instance, Jack Sanborn, he played special teams, and he's not going to be in the starting lineup 
lineup uh, linebacker position unless there's an injury. But uh, at a certain point this season, I would love to see what Sanborn can do in that linebacker position. Can he play with the speed and athleticism that he was criticized for having a lack of those things, and which is why he was an undrafted free agent. So that's going to be really fascinating to, to look at. Laro, I want to ask you about Tristan Ebner. He's probably going to be suited up and play uh, this Sunday. Would you like to see him get some touches in this offense. Perhaps, you know, you got Herbert and Montgomery, and we're going to talk about those two guys in a little while. You got those two guys, but you, would you like to see Ebner at least get three, five touches, a screen pass, a couple of handoffs in this a game against Green Bay? And what are your expectations for him as a player? Yeah, so uh, Tristan, Tristan Ebner is somebody that I, I actually was very impressed with in the small amount of time we saw with him in the preseason. Uh, but I am. I would love to see him with some more touches. I think he's a guy that really has some good hands out the backfield, and he can also run the ball a little bit too as well. So, I would really, really like to see him some more. Um, I would coming into game one. Um, I was a little worried about Herbert because he, you know, he was struggling with uh, catching out the backfield a little bit. But I mean, honestly, um, he played pretty well. Um, and I know we were talking about Ebner, but one thing that I really wanted to touch on with the, with the running backs. Uh, actually, I'll wait until you said we're going to talk about them later. So, okay. but no, Ebner uh, is. I would li- love to see him get some more touches. I think he's somebody that if you go watch his Baylor tape, he's explosive. He gets his hand on the ball. He, you know, he can make some make some plays. Uh, so yeah, I would definitely see him. Like to see him get some uh, some more touches if he if if there's room for it. Dan, let's go ahead and start expanding the conversation to all of the Bears running backs. Would you like to see Ebner get some snaps on the offense and your thoughts about Herbert and David Montgomery? Who do you think should get more snaps between the two of them? Because based on what happened Sunday already, we're hearing a lot of people on the Herbert bandwagon saying who should get more snaps other than over Montgomery. We'll go with you first first, and then go to Laro to get his thoughts on that. Hey, it's the age-old, it's the age-old conversation, right? Everybody wants that backup that you see, and he, oh man, he's got a little bit of gas to him. Let's get him in there and see what he can do, you know. So mm-hmm. I understand the the sentiments that, that people and the fans have, but I'll, I'll be honest with you, David Montgomery is a starter. He will remain a starter, I believe. Um, I think Khalil Herbert is a nice change of pace. He can come in on third downs. He can do a lot of the things that 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 David Montgomery does. But they, they're similar because David Montgomery can also receive the ball in the backfield, right? He can catch the ball downfield if you need him to. So can so can uh, uh, Khalil Herbert. Uh, as far as Tristan Ebner, you know, definitely want to see him get some snaps as well. I think he has a ton of potential. He runs physical. He runs violent. But he also has um, some movement to him, some some wiggle, some, some elusivity, right? So um, I like that about him as well. And he's big. He's powerful. So – you know, he, he looks bigger than, you know, what, what what he's listed at, in my opinion. I don't know if that's just me, but he does look bigger when he's running. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do like his game. I like I like where we're at with three uh, running backs that seem like they can contribute going forward. Mm-hmm. And, you know, at the end of the day, we should have fresh running backs all year if, if, if that's the case. I think uh, we have a nice, nice balance there. Yeah, and we have still, I believe, Darrington Evans is in the practice yeah. squad, so he's a fourth back who I have a lot of confidence in. Laro, your overall uh, feelings about this running back, and who would you like to see get more snaps generally in the game? I know Chubb says that nobody should be force-fed the ball, and I think that's you know a good thing. You, you, you play the guy who is best for the matchups on the defense, but generally, you know, who would you like to see more, get more snaps? Yeah, so for me – it was like this last year, man. You know, Monty was out and Herbert has a couple of good games and everybody just forgets about what Monty does, man. And like, I would just, I would just say, go back and watch the games and just look at the boxes, how the boxes look different when, when Khalil was in there and when Monty was in there, um, when Monty was in there, that box was stacked, man. You know, and he he was fighting the, for every yard he could. Um, and Khalil was in there. I mean, there, it, the, 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 the box was, was a little bit light now, okay. Yeah. So you see the you see the stats, and you like, man, hold on, you know, seventeen for twenty six and nine forty five. Oh my God, Herbert needs more touches. Don't get me wrong, love Herbert. He did what he's supposed to do. Take advantage of the touches you get. You know what I mean? But let's not do this to Monty, man. Let like, yeah. come on now, top one hundred player. <laughs> come on, let's not do this. But um, 
if if uh, obviously the game plan this year is uh, is to really depend on the run to take pressure off for Justin and also because of the scheme they're running, you know, set up the play action for Justin as well. So I think you can kind of use that that back by committee, if you will, where, you know, hey, give Monty a couple plays off a couple, you know, series off here and there and just be able to keep fresh legs in there. Um, I have no problem with that, but I just don't want to get it twisted, man. Like, let's not get it twisted with Monty. Mm-hmm. There's a reason why those boxes are stacked when Monty's in there. You ain't gonna get them down with one guy. It's just not gonna happen. That's, so that's, um, that, that's just where I stand with the running back room. I think it's a very strong room. I mean, when you can bring Darren Darrington Evans out of the off the practice squad, that lets you know you got something going on in that room. Mm-hmm. That's one of the one of the things that I speak about all the time is trusting what your eyes see, right? Um, I believe that football in general you know, trying to analyze it, people analyzing it, they lean heavily on fantasy numbers or they lean heavily on PFF rankings, right? And those things can be so lopsided and they don't tell the whole story. But your eyes, what you're watching on the game, if you go back and you watch the film, as Leo, Lero said, if you go watch the film, you you count the stack, the numbers in the box. You count and you look at what they're trying to do defensively to stop the Bears you'll see differences, right? And that'll allow somebody to have more yardage or less yardage, whatever the case. Defensive coordinators are smart. They're not stupid. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, you know, if you trust what your eyes see and, and, and you know what you're looking for, then you can you can really see who should be there. And I'm not saying I'm not saying anything bad about Khalil Herbert because I'm he's a good back. He's he's good. But David Montgomery is better at this point in time. Absolutely. Luke Getze uh, was asked about that uh, today, and he said, listen, you know, uh, Herbert had more opportunities to run. And when you look at the tough opportunities that Montgomery had, you can expect you can understand why the numbers weren't there. And he also complimented Montgomery's 16 yard uh, reception on that screen early on. Unfortunately, there was an interception to kill that drive, but he really uh, spoke highly. Second point is. Chubb says that uh, Montgomery doesn't have that breakaway speed, but uh, week 14, Montgomery had an 80-yard run. Uh, so I'm not sure, what Chubbs, if you've forgotten about that. Week 14, he doesn't have, of course, Gale Sayers speed. I got to see – I'm old enough to say I got to see Gale Sayers <laughs> run, but very few people do. But the thing is, is that he, he has – of that Walter Payton quality. And I was on a show with his son, Jared Payton. And I said, Hey man, Montgomery reminds me of your dad, you know, no offense, no offense. Mm -hmm. He goes, no, I get you. You know, he's got that skill to, to really punish tacklers. And so that's, that's a very good thing. And then Herbert runs uh, at the combine. Herbert ran a four or five. So he's not a slow poke by any means. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think Montgomery ran like a four, six. Uh, and Herbert is a four five, so that's that's good speed. And I think Ebner is a four four. So you got a four four, a four five, and a four six. That's a nice combination of power and speed with your three three running backs. Any anybody else uh, want to comment on those rookies or anything else to add uh, on, on running backs before we move on? I I just wanted to bring up one thing that I was. Like you said, although you watch every press conference, I'm sure Dan does as well. Um, but something that that made me so like because I coach, like you said, like I have aspirations to coach collegiately basketball and definitely like high school level. Right now I'm AAU high school level. But um one of the things I love is when a coach can not have that ego about him, right? If he messes up, he is not afraid to step out there and say, Hey, this is that was my fault. That was my fault. Mm-hmm. I, I gotta do better. Everybody was killing Justin, obviously, about the first pick that he eloquently, like, explained what happened. Perfect. Mm-hmm. There was that other one where it was the near pick by Tayshawn Gibson. I love what Getsy did today. Like, blamed himself for that 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 play because he said that play is actually for, uh, for uh, Dante Pettis. And mm-hmm. EQ has not ran that route all year because that usually he's not in that position. So that was on him. The timing was messed up. How many? Ain't no way in hell Nagy's gonna do that. Nagy <laughs> gonna let Mitch get all the hate. He gonna let the receiver get all the hate. He ain't never gonna say he was wrong. Mm-hmm. For him to do that shows me how how great of a coach he is behind the doors. 
mm-hmm. he's able to, if he's, if he's able, like, if he's willing to do that for all the fans to hear, all the, all the national reporters to hear, that really showed me a lot about what, why Devontae Adams loves him, why mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers didn't want him to leave. That type of stuff right there makes a player want to run through a wall for me. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I love that about him, man. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm um disappointing myself that I didn't pose a question to you guys uh, in our four question segments uh, about this coaching staff because that was my biggest takeaway from this team in Week One. Yes, there were a lot of individual great performances, and on the Buffalo Fifty Five show yesterday, I talked about how Justin Fields basically took this game under control in the second half. First two drives, he throws touchdown passes, one of them based solely on his athleticism to get out of pocket, which allowed Dante Pettis to get wide open. And then he makes an outstanding decision to find the open. He had two open guys in that play, but he threw it to the guy that was close to the goal line, which is an outstanding decision. Mm -hmm. And then he learned that short drive after the Eddie Jackson interception for a touchdown. But It's the coaching staff that I was most impressed with. This is a team where you've got tons of rookies, where you've got tons of veterans from different teams, half – more than half the roster are new guys playing their very first game together as a unit, and they played like they've played together for a long time. They played disciplined football. Mm -hmm. No no penalties throughout the – not hardly any penalties throughout the preseason, and they carried that on to their first game. you got to credit this coaching staff. Outstanding work. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think one of the things that stood out to me about the coaching staff, and I just want to make two points real quick. Um, yep. One thing about the coaching staff that stood out to me is that the the after the game, right? Uh, Eberflus he talked about it, and and the thing that stood out to me, we all know the hits, we know that, right? And and I understand that we get it, we understand what it stands for, hustling and you know intensity and you know takeaways, you know all of that type of stuff. So we we get that, we understand it. And Kansas City just got the takeaway, but um. I'm gonna watch that. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> but um, um, yeah, he's running it back too, running back for TD. But 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 what he said in that locker room to those guys was physical and mental stamina is what you showed. Mm-hmm. And and it's one thing to be physically able to perform and and show physical stamina, right? But mental stamina under the conditions yeah. that you were under, that rainy conditions, they had mental stamina. San Francisco didn't. Mm-hmm. You understand? So so to me that stood out because that's what he's preaching. And then another thing is Tevin Jenkins even said, I believe Tevin Jenkins was one of those guys that didn't initially buy him. Right. Yeah. And now he said he came out after the game, he said, What Matt Eberflus has been telling us, all of those things are starting to happen. You know what I mean? So that lets you know that now he's buying in. And that's probably right the reason why he's starting now and being able to get some uh, some run there. Um, the last thing is, is you know, we talk about uh, David Montgomery and things like that. What you have to realize is that the Bears' average starting position, I believe in the first half, was around their 14-yard line. Excellent. The average starting position for San Francisco was at the 40. So if you really watch the game, that's mm-hmm. what I'm saying. You ought to watch the game. It's not if you're starting backed up in your own end zone, you know, frequently, you're not going to be out there throwing the ball in the rain like that. I think Justin had what seven passing passing attempts in the first half. Correct. So, you know, you didn't even pass the ball that much. You were running the ball and they stacked the box because they know, hey, you're down here at your 10-yard line. You're not going to throw the ball in this condition. So mm-hmm. we're going to stack the box and we're going to stop Demo, Demo from running. Yeah. And that's what that's what happened. Getsy talked today about the halftime uh, changes. And I, you know, I think that he was a little bit conservative in the first half, but he yeah. was forced to be because, as Dan just mentioned, the field position was awful. The conditions were not good. Uh, but he came out in that second half with those uh, halftime revisions, and uh, the Bears blew away the 49ers. And I'm so happy. And I'll say one last thing, real quick. Please do. <laughs> Um, it's so funny to me, Dan, right? It, it, last season, when we had Nagy, I remember, you know, everybody's like, why don't we run the ball? Why? <laughs> well, you know, I'm not dumb. I know we need to run the ball. We go out and run it like, what, 14 times or something like that against the Saints? Six. We get an <laughs> offensive coordinator that is committed. Mm-hmm. He, he wants to keep punching these dudes in the stomach. Mm-hmm. Keep punching them in the stomach because at some point, them boys going to give in. Right, mm-hmm. and he, why are we running and keep running into a brick wall? What, uh, dude, guys, like 
you just wanted a guy that was going to stay committed to the run. Mm-hmm. And now and you're it's, saying, I, I, it's just so funny to me, man. It's and like it's guys, a monsoon out there too. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's just funny to me, man. It's like, guys, this game is football, man. Like you gotta, you, this is a physical game, man. Like, especially against that defensive line, you gotta, you can't just give in at the moment of, of whatever. You gotta keep punching them dudes and let them know, like, no, nah, dog, like. <laughs> Yeah. You, Nick, I know you're a dog, but you're going to have to keep getting this. Yep. I ain't stopping, you know? So, so Ill Will said, why don't you go submerge a ball? He, t- he tweeted it. He said, somebody get, go for you who think it's easy to throw the ball in when wet, rainy conditions like that, yeah. go submerge a ball in your bathtub mm-hmm. and pull it out and try to throw it in your backyard and see how far it goes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Getsy today uh, was asked about the commitment to the run, and I wish I, I was going to pull the soundbite, and I didn't. He said, I'm an ex-quarterback, so I love to throw the ball. So, yeah, I would love to throw the ball 50, 60 times a game. But we, in the, my uh, offensive staff, we develop a game plan, and if that game plan is to run the ball, we're going to stick with that unless we see – that, that we have to adjust and, and make some changes, which is which, which is pretty much exactly what happened this past Sunday. But bottom line is he's committed to the run, even though he'd rather throw the ball, which is opposite of Matt Nagy, he was never really committed uh, to the run and always wanted to throw the ball. In fact, yep. when I would go out to Bourbon A and watch the Bears practice, there was Matt Nagy throwing the ball 40 <laughs> yards because he still wants to be a quarterback. All right, let's guys, let's go on to question number three. I got a feeling this might be a little heated here. Here we go. Right. <laughs> we'll never forget what happened last season on October 17th after Bears wide receiver Darnell Mooney caught a pass to put the Bears within three points with 844 to go in the fourth quarter. Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers took his team downfield, scored a huge touchdown to extend the lead to 10 points, and then said this. <laughs> The facts are these. Since taking over as starting quarterback, Aaron Rodgers is 23-5 against the Bears. That's an 8-21 winning percentage, the third highest by any quarterback with at least 25 starts since 1950. Can you possibly make the case that Rodgers does not own the Bears, and if you can't dispute his boast, tell us why. Daniel, you're up. Yeah, this is a, this is a, this is a, man, this is a tough one because <laughs> the numbers, the numbers speak to him dominating, right? Dominating Chicago um, and, and things of that nature. So I get it, man. I get what he was saying. He's talking a little bit of trash or whatever. It kind of pissed everybody off, of course. Pissed me off. Um, I didn't like hearing it. And everybody else doesn't like hearing it. But you know what? This is a whole new situation. You know what I mean? When, when when he took over, the Bears were spanking him, spanking them before. Let's not get it twisted. Back in the Lovey days, when we had Lovey Smith, and we used to go up to Lambeau. I went to a game one Sunday night, and where we where we won, and and uh, Greg Olson caught a a long touchdown and, uh, over the middle after as Cedric Benson and Thomas Jones was running it down their throats. So we've 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 played well against the Green Bay, and we've played well some games. Some games we get tossed up or whatever. But at the end of the day, you know, he's he, he got his little time to talk right now. But at the end of the day, I want him to stick around for as long as possible because, at the you know, soon we'll be dogging them, dog walking them pretty much every single time we play them. So I'm looking forward to that. All right. Well, you're up, brother. Yeah. So, you know, as you look at the stats, you know what I mean? Like, um, if you've been a realist, I mean, the brother has had his way. But uh, last time I checked, the Hall, you know, George Hallis, Virginia, them the owners, you know what I mean? So you <laughs> can't really say all that trash. Now you want to stay on the football field, that's cool. But um, all re- <laughs> to be completely honest, man, I mean he's had his way. We can't really we can't really go at him in, in, in a way that I would love to go at him. But um this tide is getting ready to change, man. I could feel it. Um ain't no Devontae Adams over there and I'm not saying that that he's not going to be successful still I'm just saying it ain't easy now he gonna have to get it right with them wide receivers he gonna have to they gonna have to really depend on them running backs and with that defense got to step up a little bit better than they did in Minnesota um and so all that owner talking that might have been the last thing he could say because you know it's over with um but all I got to say is is that shit about to change so that's it (laughs) 
I love the positive attitude. I got to tell you, you know, would you guys like to have a quarterback with that confidence that fuck you fans, you're going to give me the finger, I own you? Would you like to have a quarterback like that or would you rather have a, um, you know, I I always compare it to a whiskey drinking quarterback or a milk and cookies kind of quarterback. Me personally, I, I, I like the swag and and he can get away with it because the numbers are there, right? Yeah, you can get away with it because the numbers are there for right now, you know, and 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 that's fine, you know, that's fine. You can get away with that that tough guy talk or whatever, you know. At the end of the day, um, to do that in Chicago was disrespectful. I didn't like True. it, right? Um, you know, and and you can't you can't get mad at fans for cursing you out or saying whatever they want to to you when you do that, right? So you do that, and you should get whatever comes your way, in my opinion. You know what I mean? I'm not saying I'm not threatening the man with violence or nothing like that. Sure. That's not what I want. Mm -hmm. I don't want them, uh, you know, to pick him up and dump him on his head like they did Jim McMahon back in the day. That's not what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. But, you know, if you get if you get cursed out or you get talked about or talk trash to, uh, then you deserve it at that point because you you did it to the fans. You started that stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, For me, um, I'll put it this way. I'm a I, I, I. I was a huge Deshaun Watson guy. As long as you ain't doing that whole massage thing outside, <laughs> as long as you ain't putting your hands on no woman, whatever you can do what the hell you want to do on mm-hmm. that football field, as long as we win at ball games. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, you could be the Cam Newton getting into the end zone, pulling your chest open for the S. You could be, I guess, you know, Jay Cutler and be the Whatever, but if he's winning ball games, ain't nobody gonna say nothing about how Rudy is off the field. That motherfucker <laughs> winning ball games. Exactly. But but you know what I mean. So it's like, you know, or you could be like Justin, right? He flipped the football to the to the uh, to the ref and do his little thing with his teammates going his way. Mm-hmm. For me, I whatever you want to do, as long as you're not a scumbag off the field and and whatever, like that's all that really matters to me is like be a, a good person first and whatever you do on that football field, hey, it's between the lines, man. It's, it's and that's the thing. I grew up. I grew up talking trash. We we play basketball, play football, whatever. Oh, yeah. You're talking trash the whole time, mm-hmm. the whole game. You're talking. Come over here. Let me. I'm about to. I'm about to handle you. Blah blah blah. But see, when you do it to the fans, then then it's disrespectful, and you cannot complain when the fans meet you with that same energy. That's mm-hmm. all I'm saying. And and I don't mind. Like like I'm I'm like Laro. I, I don't I don't mind if, you know. If Justin went out there and, and and he he did the same thing, I wouldn't mind. I mean, you did it to us first, so you know now you deserve it, you know. But it, it is what it is. I've I've never I've never been the type of person that that would go at fans. I played football and things like that before yeah. in my life, and I'm not gonna, you know, who's watching this? Who's watching? Play a basketball tournament? Who's watching this? Who's watching? I'm here for, I'm, and I'm talking trash to the guys that I'm playing against. Now, if you want to say, hey, you own Matt Nagy or Mark Tressman or John Fox, those are the guys you own. You don't own nobody else. Mm-hmm. This uh, last year, of course, we all know that Luke Getzey was Aaron Rodgers' quarterback coach, and so he was asked about that comment that Rodgers made, and uh, uh, Getzey got right to the point on it. That's him being him. He, that's his. That's his swag, right? That's his swag. It's, that's the way he plays the game. The competitor. It's just, that's how he gets his juice. I mean, that's that's him, man. Can't blame him for that. Now, here's what I do have an issue with. Last year, we all remember that the NFL and probably the Bears were the biggest victims of this stupid rule about taunting. We all remember what happened in Pittsburgh. It cost us that game. Well, why wasn't Aaron Rodgers flagged for taunting? I mean, is it just relegated to other players? Why can he be allowed to say something as disrespectful to a fan, a paying customer, and and not say something like that to a player. Does that strike you weird? Laro, you first. Yeah, not only that, brother, <laughs> but um I, I remember Josh Gordon was going about to do crazy things to this league. And just because the brother puffed on the magic dragon, <laughs> you know, he got suspended. <laughs> but this brother all on podcast talking about taking psychedelics and all types of shit before games, but ain't nobody said nothing to him. He could just play intoxicated. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like, 
what is about the body with that golden boy? Like, I it's frustrating. It, I, and I know if you're like Josh Gordon or anybody else that was suspended for smoking weed, you like, man, hold on, man. This brother is this brother just said he was taking psychedelics before games and stuff. Man, how are y'all not talking to him? So, no, I, I, I agree. I, I don't know what it is with Aaron, man. I mean, it, and I, I'll leave it at that. I don't know what it is, man. <laughs> Danny, your thoughts? Yeah, you know, I, I agree with that. I agree with those sentiments as well. You know, like I said, I mean, you know, for him to 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 say something like that, you know, it's fine. if, you, Like I said, I, I talk trash with the best of them, man. You know what I mean? But I'm going against my opponents talking trash. I'm not talking to the city. I'm not going to. You know, same thing with when a when a guy leaves a t- city or a team, you know, to turn around and bash the city or the fans doesn't make sense to me either. I've never I've never quite understood that. That's maybe something new that guys do now, but I've never I've never seen you know I've never enjoyed that or been around it too much. Um, but you know, hey, that's what he chooses to do. Um, I don't agree with it. And yeah, you know, when when you're talking about the golden boy reputation or or you know, he gets away with certain things. He's, this has been, this is, I mean, in that game, we were cheated on several plays. I can go back to that, to that film and I can, I can isolate. I mean, about five different, I mean, from everything from, from spotting the ball outside of the hash marks. I mean, these are things that, that happen repeatedly over and over when, any team faces Green Bay, and it happens to other teams in the NFC North, not just Chicago, because it's happened to Detroit and Minnesota as well. You know, um, I will say this though. I will say this. One thing about Aaron Rodgers, he has his lowest passer rating against the Chicago Bears. He has a higher passer rating against Detroit and Minnesota. So technically he plays better against them than he does us. Mm, interesting. I did not know that. Yeah. All right, guys, it is time to talk about Sunday night's game. Uh, this is how I'm posing the question to you. So what happens this week? Do the Bears win and set the NFL afire with praise going their way? Do the Bears win, but the narrative becomes that Rodgers' team is suffering from a badly depleted roster? Or do the Packers win because it's the Bears' roster that is still too depleted? Laro, you start us off with this final question. Yeah, so for me, um, I think for... I know this sounds crazy and I don't want to come off as a meatball Homer ass fan, but like (laughs) there has to be something to be said about great coaching and having young guys on a roster that don't know what the hell is going on. Like they just going out there and playing football. They don't know how it is to be in this rivalry. They haven't been on the same field when Aaron Rodgers has been torturing us. So they they don't even think of it that way. So there's something to be said about having young guys that don't know what the hell is going on. They just out there playing for, for their, for their family, for their name. Um, But I, I think there's a shot. I think that whole what well, they got us a uh, ten point underdog. So, yes. um, I t- I bet on t- I bet for them to cover, um, but I wholeheartedly deep down think that this team has a chance. Um, I watched that Packers game and I know it was one game, but for for a secondary that's been together to have those type of miscommunications in the secondary is kind of crazy. Um, if we could just stop Kenny Clark, like Kenny Clark is a game wrecker. Um, I know everybody talks about Rashawn Gary um, and a couple of those other guys, but Kenny Clark to me is the guy. Uh, Mustafer, whoever starts at center, these guards, they got to do whatever they can to keep Kenny Clark's big ass out from, from collapsing his damn pocket, man. Um, that brother is a fucking monster when he's healthy. Um, but so for me, I know I went over my 60 seconds, yes, but give me the Bears this week um, <laughs> with, with an upset to go 2-0 and and have Green Bay fucking pulling their hairs out. All right. Dan. All right, so I'm gonna I'm gonna do the same thing. I'm gonna go Chicago takes the victory, but the narrative turns to Aaron Rodgers has a depleted roster, mm-hmm. um, inconsistent guys who are rookies, even though going up against a team that's much younger and has way more rookies and way more rookies starting than him. Uh, but that's besides the point. Um, Chicago will will play this game. I believe that they have a legitimate chance to win this game. They do have some issues in Green Bay. That, that offensive line, they're heading into that game possibly missing three of their starters, right? Bakhtiari, Runyon, and the other guy. So mm-hmm. there's a possibility that those three miss. Now, it's not set in stone, of course, so they may end up playing, who knows. But if they're missing those guys, plus the problems that they had defensively, these are problems that take time to be fixed. 
they don't just fix them overnight. They're not fixed game to game. So these are things that they need to work on to to, to kind of get fixed. So I think the Bears have a decent, a really good shot at beating these these guys heading into it. But we won't get the credit, and they will get a pass for it. You might say. I'm afraid that Dan is going to be right. Not that we need the credit from the national right, media, right, right. but we, we don't want it. it. Yeah, right, right. At this point, we don't want it. <laughs> exactly. Keep doubting the team, please. <laughs> because the, one of the things that I learned from Dicka was playing with the chip on your shoulder can be a hell of an advantage, man. Yes, sir. So uh, what do you think, Laro, though? Do you think that – if the Bears do pull off the upset, do you think that they're going to finally get credit from the national media or you don't care? Uh, what are your thoughts? Uh, for me, it's gotten to the point where I don't really care um, because it, back in the day I did used to care because I think it was kind of like a, a thing for me because I didn't feel comfortable with the coaching staff. I didn't feel comfortable with the whole uh, dynamic of the team in past years, but now I feel comfortable. I feel like we have great coaches. I feel like we have players that actually like playing with each other. They're like, they going out there playing hard. They play fighting for each other, all three phases. There's a lot of coaches that say that three phases, three phases, but really they don't give a damn about the third phase with special teams. And I feel like that is also Valus is healthy. I feel like that is another chip because Packers sec, uh, special teams have been trash now. They 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 they've been trash. And if if you can if the the you know defense and offense can work together to keep that game close, who knows? A special Valus pops off a big run, maybe a touchdown, whatever it is. But like, I, I I'm to the point where I don't even I don't even care anymore, man. I trust these coaches. I really really vibe with the way they go about coaching. Um, I mean, even being at the training camp, man, and sitting down and watching them, man, like. They, you could tell that these coaches love to coach, hopping in drills, and, and like I saw Getsy hopping. He, David must have did something wrong with his footwork or something like that. He hopped in the damn drill himself. Mm-hmm. Luke Getsy did the drill. Boom, boom, boom. Like it's like they, they love. You could see it. It, it, it like you, you hear uh, Nagy say, "Oh man, us coaches are going to get together and figure it out." You go to a damn practice, they don't even look like the hell they want to be there, right? Mm-hmm. But you go to the practice with 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 uh, Iberfus's staff. These dudes look they 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 they. they you could see it's like I don't know. You could just get that vibe. Me as a coach, like you could see it, man. Like these dudes want to coach these dudes and make them the best players they can be. Mm-hmm. Like simple as that. That's their whole goal. And I love that they keep saying it's not about uh, uh not about them. It's about us because ultimately that's what the hell is about. Yes. Like if we can, if you gotta take where take. Take care of your home first, but you can take care of anybody else. And so, like, you coach your uh, basketball teams, Laurel? Yeah, man. I mean, bro, I don't get paid a lot. I don't get paid like Eberflus. But, like, <laughs> but, but, like, I fucking love the coaching. You would think I get paid that much. If somebody <laughs> wants to stay after and get some extra cone work or get some extra work on their footwork, get some extra work on their form, um, defensive work, like, I'm all for it, man. Like, I it's I just love coaching, man. Like it, it, it's something about seeing a player that click moment. It's mm. something about it, you know what I mean? Because it just let one it shows you that damn you actually do know what you're doing. But also, like for them, it takes them to the ne- next level for them. You mm. know, it makes the game a little bit easier for them, and now they can go play freely. You know, so it, it's it's like I love that shit. So I, I can get caught up sometimes in trusting coaches. Um, but but Eberflus, man, like I just get it. You get it. He doesn't come off fluffy, like he doesn't come off like he's just a damn football coach. Mm-hmm. Coach Kaplan, David Kaplan, and Hoodie. I remember before the season even started, mm-hmm. you know, he would be talking to the media. Oh, he's he's he he's just an A to B guy. He he's a, he's too fluffy. Guys are not gonna vibe with him. <laughs> like guys, you know what? If you play football, acronyms. Mm-hmm. Bro, my coach had acting up for every goddamn thing. Mm-hmm. Like that's just what football is, man. Mm-hmm. Like it's a great way to remember things. It's, mm-hmm. Exactly. It's it's just I, I I don't get why people like get all like oh man like he's too fluffy he's too that. As long as these players are responding, there's a clip. My bad, Dan. I'm gonna shut up. No, you good. You good, bro. A clip um that you see where on the play, what was it? Uh, I think Brandon Ayuk on a deep crosser, Jalen came and hit him with the shoulder and he bumped him out. Yeah. You see Eberflus, the motherfucker is coaching in the game. Like he 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 looked at Jalen was like, wrap up, like yeah. wrap up. None of that shoulder shit. Yep. And I was looking to see because you body language says everything. 
I'm looking to see how Jalen responded to it. He gave him a lot. Yup. And that, that all, that's all I need to see that these players yes. are responding. Most players would have, man, yeah, all right, man. I'm getting paid too much money for this shit. Get mm-hmm. out of my face. Yep. You know, but he responded to it. And that, that little shit like that shows you, man, body language will show. You don't need to hear words. Just body language. Mm-hmm. That's all you need to see. Yeah. That's, it's, it, you know, you, you, you're speaking and, and you're making a whole lot of sense. And that's that's what the media is not looking at. That's what some fans don't look at all the time. You know, you hear the, the name Eberflus and Getsy and things like that. And you think, OK, what have these guys done? You know, a lot of people have said the Bears should have hired an offensive guy because you have Justin Fields. And and I told people, I told people, you know, I said it on our podcast too, I'm glad they got a defensive guy. And the reason being is because more so than a defensive guy, he's the CEO of the team. That means you can align your you, – you, you establish – you put together your – your your staff, right? And he has his staff full of full of guys that 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 bring something to the table. And it's a it's a tree that he's building, right? And all the great coaches have that. All the great coaches are CEO type coaches. Right. They have relationships with other coaches in the league. He has relationships. It's in stark contrast to what you saw from Matt Nagy. Matt Nagy did not have relationships with other coaches. All he knew was people through Andy Reid, mm. right? So he, 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 that's all he knew. So that's why you had this, you know, all of these guys that he brought in, these guys weren't really, they weren't qualified to be coaching, to be honest with you. Right. And, and, and these guys that he has, he's built a staff that, that, that will help these players hone skills, draw the best out of them. And most importantly, put them in positions to be successful. That's what your job is as a coach. Right. And, and when you're not able to do that, then, it's it. Everything else is magnified. Everything else is exposed, right, on the table, and and that's what the problem that that Matt Nagy had. So I think this 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 team is is wonderful. I think it was good that it was a defensive hire as well. And one of the reasons it being is because as a defensive coach, he can go into that offensive, you know, when they're running their scheme and say, you know what, this is how I would stop Justin Fields. This is this is what I would do to stop Darnell Mooney or or David Montgomery. These are the things that you're going to face. So a lot of times a defensive coach can be just as beneficial as an offensive play caller, as mm-hmm. a head coach. Yep, indeed. Uh, Fields just talked about the value of talking to Eberflus about defenses and stuff. So um, I am with you, man. You guys have not said a word that I disagree with. I, I love the f- that we finally have a coach who is a CEO and not somebody who's buried in their Denny's menu uh, <laughs> and only watching half the game. Um, uh, I love the fact that we have coaches who are accountable, who are great teachers. Mike Furry had to be the worst wide receiver coach uh, in the history of the Chicago Bears. He should have been fired after the first or second season, but his good buddy Matt Nagy kept him on. That was another telltale that Matt Nagy was in over his head, just sticking with guys that he could trust. Sort of reminds me of uh, Tressman with some of his coaching staff and how he stuck with guys who were incompetent. Uh, But Tressman. Yes, yes, men, exactly. <laughs> so, guys, you guys have really brought it. It's been a great, great show. I know we've, we were up against an outstanding Thursday night game, and so we didn't get as many live viewers as we normally do. But this show will be available on demand to watch on video here on our YouTube channel, on our Facebook page. It's going to ha- it's gonna be fresh content all the way to Sunday, so I urge all of you good people who joined us in the chat room to let other people know about this show because the content that Dan and Laro both offered is outstanding. And it the show will also be available on our audio podcast. Dan, before we uh, get out of here, please plug your, your own podcast, which is one of the best of Chicago Bears podcasts out there. Uh, very entertaining and very knowledgeable. Let people know where they can get it. And also uh, let people know particularly for our audio audience, uh, how they can interact with you on social media. Absolutely. Well, you can hit me at Dan Goodwin III. Uh, it's right there on the screen, Dan Goodwin III on Twitter. Um, you can also follow the Three Kings of the Midway. That's Three Kings underscore Midway on Twitter as well. Uh, interact with that that, that 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 situation. We also um, will be doing many shows, right? We're, we're trying to get to the point where we're doing two like a b- before a 
before the, you know, like Friday show. And then of course, maybe like a, a kind of like a wrap up or, you know, take a look at what, what happened during the game type of show. Um, we also host spaces as well on Twitter and we're also going to be doing and having live content. Right. And that's on YouTube. So you can go anywhere you can find your podcast that you listen to. It doesn't matter where you are, Amazon, you know, YouTube, whatever, whatever it is, you can find us on there. Put put three Kings in the Google search and we'll pop up. Um, and then of course, um, it'll be live. Our, our podcast will be going live from, from now on on YouTube as well. So we're looking forward to that, man. We appreciate everybody that, that, that rocks with us, that, that listens to us. Um, we don't always get along. You know what I mean? We don't always have the same views, but it's nice to have that discussion because that's what sports is. It's mm-hmm. opinions, man. It's yep. what your opinions are. Never let anybody tell you that your opinion is wrong unless, unless they can prove it. <laughs> Unless they're wrong, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I say, I say, I lie sometimes. But even when I lie, I tell the truth. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love your take, Dan, because it really is. I mean, wh- one of the things that I've uh, been spending some time on uh, thinking about lately is all of the various diverse opinions on social media. Sometimes it's really, really cool, and sometimes it, it gets a little sickening when so some people, are, you know, are just typing and they're not reading what other people are sharing. You know, it's it should be give and take, you know. Yeah, uh, right. But uh, for the most part, it's always fun. That's my thing. My, the funniest thing to me, the funniest thing to me is if you don't have my opinion, if you don't view it the way I view it, I'm blocking you, or I'm no longer following. You. I'm like, come on, man, like. It's all opinions, man. We all have a different opinion, a different view, a different whatever. So, you know, I've never suppressed anybody's right to their own opinion. Absolutely. That's the way it should be done, man. You're 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 you setting a good example for all of us. Laro, what about yourself, man? What's what you got going on? If I want to go see a, co- a game that you're coaching, uh, where do I go? What's going on? Yeah, man. So, I mean, we got some games coming up in October. Um, usually Schaumburg, we, we usually play it on Aurora at a Supreme Courts or we're in Schaumburg. Um, we're in the city on the south side at the uh, uh, not the south side, I'm tripping. Um, at UIC, mm-hmm. um, so we're a little bit all over. Um, but yeah, man, I mean, that's all about that's all I'm doing right now is, is coaching ball. And then we we have something, me and a couple of my boys have something coming out very soon. Um, that hopefully all basketball fans will enjoy. Um, if you like NBA, college, WNBA, if you're into mm-hmm. uh, uh, data science, if you're into um, scheme versatility, learning about schemes that NBA uh, teams run or college uh, teams run, prospects, um, anything that you want to learn about ball, like we, we got something coming. So be, be on the lookout. We, I will definitely be tweeting things out when we're ready to go, ready to launch. Um, so just, just be on the lookout. We got something coming. Awesome. And for those of you who are on Twitter, make sure you follow Laro. It's at underscore L A R R O hoops, Laro hoops, underscore Laro hoops. You're going to get an education on basketball. One of the things he had a show here on the Barroom Network called Bulls 101 with Chris Amundsen. And it was but I got such a great education. And I'm not I don't want to take shots at Stacey King, but he was he was teaching his audience and me. Stuff that Stacey King was not even aware of and other NBA announcers and Shaquille O'Neal was not aware of. It's unbelievable. So the game has passed up some of the people that we love uh, in the in, in the game of NBA and Laro and his group of people. This new enterprise that they're going to uh, 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 undertake is going to be something that you should definitely pay attention to it if you are a basketball fan of any type and the best way to learn about it is by following laro on twitter at laro hoops and that's two r's on laro i will right. say yes please. um now your boy wasn't as good as shack now so don't get it twisted I, you know <laughs> no Shaq now but i they do say the dudes that couldn't do it they go coach yeah. so I, I am a student of the game i am a person that is always looking to get better 
So uh, I love that. I love what you said, but don't get it twisted, listeners. Your boy ain't seven foot. And he ain't out here putting, you know, playing <laughs> on people's heads now. Well, I bet you. you're uh, you're a good six one, six two, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. Well, I ain't going down there with Shaq now. I ain't going no, down no. there. No, 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 <laughs> no. Well, I, Shout out, though, man, for for real, for for what you do. I mean, you know, coaching is 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 not always easy. You know what I mean? And 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 working and molding with 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 young ones, with these young guys, yeah. sometimes sometimes it can be difficult. Now, some of them some of them are easy easily moldable, right? And you can really kind of impress upon them the the truth of the game. But you get somebody that's been told, you know, hey, you're this, you're that. And they don't listen to you, so it's it's difficult what you do. It's a it's a it's a job that you do, man. But shout out to you for doing it because we need more we need more guys that that put in work with the youth to really help them get better, hone their skills in the game, things like that. Because a lot of people just get by on their talent, man. Mm-hmm. And then when they get to the pro level, they don't know how to really play the game. And that's what you see in the NFL and the NBA. Sometimes you see guys that get over on their talent, they get to the NFL or the NBA, and they have no clue how to make that talent work because now I don't know how to use my body. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? I just jumped over people before, but now this dude is the same size as me. So I need to use my body and, and understand how to move him around. People don't know that. Yeah, see, we ain't going to turn this into a basketball. Show. No, 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 no. Go, go ahead, man. Go ahead. Have me get going. <laughs> have me go get started on something. But uh, yeah, man, I, I, yeah, I appreciate your kind of words and I totally agree with, um, yeah, some of these kids out here getting sold stories, man. These, yeah. these parents think all their kids are Kobe Bryant's and yeah. James's. They're, 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 they're mistaken. Yeah. yeah. You can learn a lot from the game of basketball. And one of those th- things that you can learn is life lessons. I mean, John Wooden, I read his book years ago uh, and because uh, Jabbar highly recommended it. Yeah. And, and Wooden ha- would have these life lessons that he would teach his players at UCLA. And, um, and that, to me, is the essence of all sports at whatever level, uh, in the pros, in the amateur ranks, uh, even as a follower. You know, you learn these life lessons and you can apply it to your own life and, and you'll be better off because of it. So Absolutely. kudos to uh, you guys for uh, the work that you do for the uh, on podcast, coaching and so forth. And also for being friends, man. Thank you very much. I really appreciate it. And again, uh, anyone who is more interested in more Bears content, we're loaded on Sunday and also betting content as well Friday afternoon, or excuse me, Friday evening with John Santucci and Anthony, the uh, weekend sports betting tips. So with that, I will let you go. Thanks for watching, you people who are live and all of you who will be watching or listening on demand. Thank you all very much. Peace.